Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, I wanted to bring something up about Twitter. That's right, the big old birdie. The blue birdie that you look on your social media account that Elon Musk has recently purchased. You probably have all heard of it by now. The purchase of the Twitter organization by Elon Musk. The political left, as I believe they are Marxist and fascist people, because they believe the fascism is because they want to shut down any free speech. And, you know, or they call it hate speech. It's really just speech they disagree with, what it boils down to the end of the day. Now, why am I talking about Twitter and about free speech right now on a, on a social media platform? Well, it's because it has bigger implications than most people realize. That's why I'm saying this. What do I mean? Well, Twitter is a social media platform. And the social media platform is no different than Facebook and Instagram. And if you're old like me... You'll probably remember the good old days of MySpace. That's right, with Tom being your very first friend. I just aged myself. For you who are listening, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Look it up on Google. You'll chuckle at my own age. <laughs> I know, because my wife will tell me you're old. Anyways, so what does this all have to do from, from Twitter all the way to the church? Well, the free speech, the free speech platforms that were supposed to be out, right? the public platforms, the digital online world, of Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, even though MySpace is gone, and Twitter, were all designed to be free speech platforms in which we can communicate our thoughts, ideas, and really just stay connected with the rest of the world. So, in the beginning, all that was great. But as social media started developing over the years, we started seeing how social media started changing over the times. I believe the biggest change happened back in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected President of the United States. Suddenly, you could tell throughout the entire time in 2015 and 2016 where social media started cracking down, even more so right after President Trump was elected in office. They started cracking down all sorts of things. So, like, disinformation was put out there, right? They had things like, if you're saying something wrong, oh, you're not saying something about the election results or whatnot. There was Russian collusion. They used social media to um, infiltrate, to get Trump elected, right? It was a big old issue. So, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey at the time, who was at the time the CEO of Twitter, was hauled before the Senate, and they were talking about this, and talking about social media, how much influence it had, and whatnot, long old discussions on C-SPAN. And I was listening to it, and they started saying, we are going to fill out something that's going to make it so we can cut back on anything that is disinformation at all. Disinformation that could be really about anything whatsoever. We need to cut back on it. So... It all sounds good until conservatives started being censored left, right, and center. COVID rolls around towards the end of President Trump's presidency in his first term. And everyone got to see how everyone was being censored. Next thing you know, if you had like this, um, during the time of COVID, you had on Twitter, people would show up or Facebook would show up and say that, um, you know, COVID was, was uh, from China, right? That was released from China and that had gain-of-function research. Immediately, social media had to censor anyone saying this. They had to make it say the narrative. The narrative was that COVID came from a bat. It came from a wet market. And it had nothing to do whatsoever with gain-of-function research. Then there was no evidence. And when they started asking questions like, this doesn't make any sense, it looks like it has gain-of-function research. 
the entire system of social media and the government shut you down. They banned you. They said, that's it. You can't talk about it. You're not allowed to. Why? Because your disinformation was killing people. That's right. Killing people. They started censoring the truth. And later on, as we go throughout the years of 2016, going into 2019, going into 2020, the narrative was whatever was posted on CNN, ABC, MSNBC, even Fox News. That was a narrative. And people who spoke out on social media platforms and saying, you know, this isn't actually right. This doesn't make any sense. We're silenced again because disinformation was killing people. And if you said something that was not part of the narrative, then you are killing people. So what transpired right after that? Well, that's when we started noticing on Twitter, it was an echo chamber for leftist liberals to speak it. People who would just preach the narrative. And that was it. They would just preach a narrative and that was all that was allowed. As this continued on, Free speech became not really free speech. It was silenced. If you gave any type of disinformation, as in information the government didn't deem okay, like they would say uh, something like, for COVID example, was a massive one, right? If you said something about COVID that wasn't what Dr. Fauci had said, or that um, the health experts at the, um, at the um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, <laughs> at the... Uh, Disease, uh, CDS. Then next you know, you were causing people to die. You didn't get your vaccine. You were killing people. So Elon Musk turns around, he buys Twitter. Because he says he believes in free speech. Now, Elon Musk coming out, I looked into him. He was voted Democrat all the time. He said straight up, he voted for it. But he noticed that things were not going well. He said, we need to be able to communicate with each other. We need to be able to talk freely. And realistically, free speech is on the line here. It reminds me of Dennis Prager back in the day when Dennis Prager was talking about how free speech was under assault on Prager University. And I thought at first when I heard it, I, I honestly thought it was a bit crazy. I'm like, why would free speech? It's not really that big. Of, you know, it's still there. I can still say whatever I want. But then people are being silenced left, right, and center all the time, silencing people all the time. Silence them. Don't say anything. Silence. Now, how does this connect? Well, this whole silencing is known as fascism. It's quite, it's silencing those who have dis, dissenting views to the narrative that the Marxist wants you to have. Silencing is the fascism. It's putting things in the boxes, saying what you can and cannot say, making it so you centralize the government and nationalize everything. We're going to control the free speech platform of social media, because if we can control that, then everyone thinks the same, and we can tell people what's disinformation and what's not. If you ever watch the HBO television series called Chernobyl, I watched it, very good television show, the same thing happens, right? The nuclear reactor in the city of Chernobyl of Ukraine explodes. Now, we all know what happened, because we can watch the series of events on television, but the characters in the film don't know what happened. And so one of the sci- Russian, one of the Ukrainian scientists said, um, the core is, explo- core is exposed. The whole thing blew its top off and lethal radiation is leaking out right now and poisoning everything. Now, when he came out and said this, what did the CCP 
do? What did the communists do? Communist, social, the Marxists, if you want to say it better. What did the Marxists do? They came up to him and said, how dare you? How dare you spread disinformation? How could you do that? Do you have no shame? True story. You can watch it on there if you want to. Don't take my word for it. Watch the TV series. Isn't that exactly what we're facing now through our tyrannical government, through our government that is becoming more and more tyrannical every single day? I'm making food while I'm talking on this podcast, just to let you know, because I like to do stuff like that while I'm talking to you. Keeps my, keeps my brain rolling. But anywho, back to, the, back to my main point here. So, what you have is... American government telling people, how dare you say this? In, how dare you say this? Oh, have you no shame? You're killing people by spreading disinformation. I heard that plain and simple. I heard it all the time. Anyone with this descending point of view was told, you're killing people because you are telling them something that's not the narrative. That was it. And I know you who are hearing my voice around, I know that's true. They used to weaponize social media like crazy. And they came after anyone who spoke differently. But now, as Elon Musk bought Twitter, he wants to give free speech back. Now, why is this such a big ordeal? Why is it such a big ordeal that the church needs to know about this, that we need to be aware of this and whatnot? Shouldn't I be just talking about the Bible and talking about that and going to church, singing worship songs, and letting the pastor do a sermon on the book of Micah or on the book of John or Ruth or whatever book they possibly are on and talking about anything. Yes, that's important to talk about. Of course, talking about the Bible. However, if we don't quash what is going on right now, do you think they're going to stop there? Of course not. They're going to come after the church. Why? Well, in communism... The idea is that government is almighty God. That's how it's always treated. The government. Trust the government. See, see, the Bible teaches us that we need to trust in Jesus. Jesus says this in the Bible multiple times. Put first the kingdom of God and everything else will follow, right? Put your faith and trust into me. Jesus teaches this. As Christians, we are told not to trust the world. So to be a part of this world, that's true. I'm in this world. You listening to this podcast live in this world. Obviously, we've got to pay bills, mortgages, rent, or whatever we have to do. We're part of this world. We interact with people who are believers and non-believers. We're part of this world. But we're not being of this world. We are to be disconnected from it. We not disconnected in the way that we live our lives differently than the, what the world wants us. The world wants us to live in sin and dar- darkness. We are to live our lives separate from that. Now, don't get me wrong, we all fail on this. I do too, all the time. That's why there's grace. But the main point is this. God in the Bible teaches us to trust in him and not to trust in our government, not to trust in anyone else, not to trust in mom and dad to get everything done. Uh, You know, mom and dad are wonderful people. There, we are told not to, we are to put our trust alone into Christ alone, into the Father alone. Now, there's a threat here. Because God says in the Bible that he is the one, the only one, and true only God. There are no gods formed before him nor after him. But to communism, communism is formed off the, off 
Karl Marx. Karl Marx was a very hardcore anti-Christ. He didn't like the Bible. They asked him straight up when he was alive. He hated the Bible. He wanted to go against war against God. He states this in some of his journal entries. He's talking about, I don't want God. I want to get rid of God and whatnot. I know all those dictators who went and joined Karl Marx and did Marxism, like Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Poe Powell, Kim Jong-un. You ever notice that they all are being worshipped? Like Kim Jong-un, if you go to North Korea, aren't the pictures of Kim Jong-un everywhere? Aren't people bowing down to him? When they did, there's a, there's a documentary where this doc, eye doctor goes to North Korea and he does cataract surgeries, right? Tell people who have been blinded because of malnutrition in North Korea. <clears throat> now, what do the people first do when the blindfolds come off? After surgery is done, they have the um, their gauze over their eyes to heal, and they finally say, okay, it's been enough time, your eyes have healed, let's take the gauze off, and let's take a look around, right? And these people have been blind, they couldn't see anything at all, right? Or very fuzzy, or whatever it was, they could not see clearly at all. They take it off, and the first thing they do is they run up to the picture of Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il, and go, and they're crying, and thank you, thank you, my praise, and we will praise you, and we will always serve you, and we will, and they're screaming these things, at the top of their lungs, tears flowing out of their eyes, that they're going to basically serve them forever. It's a worship. They're worshiping Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il, and his grandfather, which I totally forgot or his name. You know, sorry, the grandfather, great-grandfather, whoever. They're worshiping that. These men, these human beings, flesh and blood, and there's a rumor in North Korea that Kim Jong-un doesn't poop. So I'm just going to say right now, he takes a dump no differently than you or me. He turns, he takes a leak, the whole nine yards. Disgusting to think about, but hey, we went there. What does Jesus do to threaten them? He threatens them because they want to be God, just like Satan wanted to be God. But God does not share his throne with anyone. He is a jealous God. He's jealous because he doesn't want you worshiping anything else. Just like a good husband or wife who loves their spouse is jealous, doesn't want them to go off with a different woman or a different man. It's a good jealousy to have. Very good to have. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're jealous just because a guy, your husband or wife walks in front of the opposite sex, and goes, hi there, and then you get all offended. Well, that's a different story. You need to seek counseling. But right there. You see it happen. Marxism, Marxists want to be worshipped as God. Joseph Stalin on his deathbed, his daughter was right there. And right before he died, he looked up to heaven and shook his fist at God. Because he wanted to be God. That's the threat they have here. Now, if I go to church and there's no freedom of speech left in this country, and even if we do have freedom of speech, if there's no one there left to stand against the government tyrannically telling us what we can and cannot say. No different than the Colorado cake baker, right? He wants to bake a cake and he says, I don't want to make a gay wedding cake. And what do they do? Give him hell for it. Sue him. Attack him. Obliterate him. Try to eat him alive. Look at this. If they silence people's free speech here, and I mean like free speech as in, let me put it this way. I do not care 
if you're a legitimate white supremacist. I do not care if you're a neo-Nazi trying to preach your junk. I don't care if your black lives matter. Preach. Talk about whatever you want to. As long as you're not calling upon death upon somebody else or calling upon violence on somebody else, you ha- and you're peacefully protesting a redress of grievance against the government, you, under this Constitution of the United States, permits you to be able to speak freely. You can go up on a soapbox and say, you know, I think those morons over in D.C. are jackwagons. Or you can send them and say, they're the greatest thing since Jesus Christ arriving. You and I will disagree. But guess what? You have the right to say that. You have the right to say that. And that is protected by our Constitution. And should be protected by all of us. If I'm going to be able to sit here on this podcast and preach the word of God, of Jesus Christ, I will also, I think that the person who wants to preach about Muhammad, or the watchtower wants to preach about Jehovah, or whomever should be able to. No one should have that. And the government can silence you online. They can sure as heck walk right in to a church and silence that church. You say, but Nick, we have, we have, rights, to protect, we have rights to protect you. Ah, we do. Yes, we do. However, if we don't defend those rights, and if it's not enforced like a police force to, to allow people to, then what kind of rights do you have at the end of the day? Church, listen up. If you lose your right to be able to speak on Twitter, you lose your right in a church. Plain and simple. I'm very passionate, as you could tell, about freedom of speech, about this war going on, because I can foresee it coming to the church. Now, I'm not claiming to be a prophet here and saying that it will come to the church on this particular day, this particular hour. I am not claiming that. But I am saying it is not an impossible idea that it starts at point, if it starts at point A, it will undoubtedly end up at point C at the church. It just has to go through point B first. Now, how fast it goes through point B and how fast it moves, well, that's anyone's guess at this point. I don't know how fast. So that's why I say to all you saints out there, fight for free speech. Fight so we are protected. Fight for our right to be able to preach and tell, talk about anything we want without calling upon death or violence upon anyone else. That we have free freedom of speech in our country and our social media platforms, which are a public digital forum, will remain free and open for all people to be able to speak their minds freely. And therefore, we will always be allowed to preach the gospel. So, until next time, we meet again. May God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.